Father, as a church, help us to be single-minded and wholehearted. And God, one thing that we ask, and one thing, God, that we remind ourselves is this, that all of life, it comes down to just one thing, one thing, Lord, and that's to know you and to have a relationship with you. Thank you, God, that you didn't call us because of our own holiness, but because of our righteous deeds or our acts, how good we look in front of people. But Father, you have chosen us before we were even born. You have a plan and a purpose for us. So God, we humble ourselves, we surrender ourselves to you. And God, we surrender all of our crowns, all of our rights, all of our worries, all of our doubts. We lay them at your feet, O Lord, as Mary sat at your feet and she heard your voice. Lord, we are here to hear your word. We are here to hear your voice, O God. Speak to us, Lord, for we are hungry and we are listening. We need strength, God, for the year 2021. Continue to help us to be steadfast and to be grounded in your love, O oh God. Help us to be, to abide in you, O oh Lord. So God, as we transition now to the message, I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts for all those who are listening, Lord, may it be pleasing, let it be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Lord, we love you. Pray all these things. Your precious son, Jesus Christ, in my prayer, and God's people pray. Amen. 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 God bless you, everyone. Uh, Happy New Year's. Can we turn to our neighbor and say Happy New Year's? Happy New Year's. 복 많이 받으세요, for everyone, for here who are here in this place, for those who are listening. Uh, God bless you. And I pray that today's message will encourage you and it will encourage us. I know there's been a lot of distractions and a lot of attacks, uh, but let's not hold on to our emotions from yesterday. Uh, just like yesterday's, yesterday's tears, he changed my side. He turned my yesterday's, yesterday's tears into joy and laughter. So let's just make sure that we look ahead in the year 2021 with a new hope and with a new steadfast love in God. And with that, today's message, the title is called, can we turn to our neighbor and say, Rejoice. Rejoice. Amen. Rejoice. 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 Let's begin with our first scripture, first main scripture, found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. It says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What is God's will for us? It's to rejoice and to rejoice in God and rejoice, Lord, I will be here today. No matter what I feel, no matter where I am in life, I will rejoice and will find joy in Christ. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 2 to 8. It begins with this, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, 
Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. I'm going to divide this passage into three sections. So from verse 2 to 4 will be the first section. Verse 5 will be the second section. And verse 6 to 8 will be the third section. And I'm going to also divide this into three points. Starting with point number one is this. Pure joy. Pure joy. The context of here, James 1, is about trials and temptations when you go through hardships. You need to expect trials. No trials will come. Not if, but when. And when it does come, find pure joy in God. Rejoice. Many trials, it says, of all sorts, of all kinds, all types of trials. Expect them. Expect trials and find pure joy in Christ. Why? Because it produces all kinds of good things for us. All that is good as children of God. It's going to produce good things. Good things for you and for me and for the church. Trials and temptations are good. Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I have two sub points that are A and B. Testing of your faith, it produces maturity. Letter B. Completeness. It produces maturity and completeness within the Christian individual. And as a church, verse 2 through 4, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How do you find joy? By abiding in Christ, by abiding in God having complete contentment in God by being filled with the Holy Spirit. It comes in the overflow from the relationship that we have from Jesus Christ every single day. That's what it says in John 15, verse 5. It says, I am, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. A lot of us, we've heard this passage so many times. It just goes over our heads. You need to really ask yourself, are you connected? Are you connected to the vine? Are you connected to the tree? Are you connected to the source? Or are you broken off? And are you withering away? Are you dying? You need to quickly come back and come back to the vine. You need to come back to the tree. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain, if, if, if you remain, if you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can know God. You can know Jesus Christ. But the question is, does he know you? When the day comes, when we take our final breath, will he say to us, will he say to you, apart from me, I don't know you? Will he know us and welcome us into his kingdom, 
if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Joy. What is joy? It's complete contentment. It's complete contentment in God. It's by abiding in God. It's by, it's by being filled with the Holy Spirit constantly, every single day. It's that analogy that I gave with the dirt on the bottom, with the coffee, with the dirt on the bottom. Constant pour of the water of the Holy Spirit. It constantly washes us by having a relationship with Christ. It comes in the overflow from the relationship with Christ. Complete contentment. Joy is a choice that you make every day is when you make that choice, when you wake up today, I am not going to get lost in my emotions. I am not going to get lost in my depression. I will not allow my feelings to get the best of me. But I choose today to find contentment in Christ, and he will fill me with joy. And that comes from the overflow from the relationship you have. And it brings about cheerfulness, gladness, and the smile of your face. It comes from the heart comes from the overflow from the relationship it is pure it is not crooked or tainted like the world's it is not happiness based on our happenings but it comes from the relationship with jesus christ so again point number one pure joy pure joy consider pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds all kinds so that you will not lack anything. Pure joy. Number two, generous wisdom. Generous wisdom. Now, for those who are reading this passage for the first time, it may be a little difficult to understand. Um, so please follow along with me. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to do two sections here in chapter 2. First part, I'm going to be from verse 6 to 16. And then the second part, I'm going to go from chapter 3, 1 to 3. So starting from chapter 2, let's go ahead and read. It says this, it's starting from verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. This is talking about wisdom here for the mature individual. But not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. It's talking about godly wisdom for the mature versus the worldly wisdom that is out in the world. Verse 7, no, we declare what God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. It's talking about the kings, the presidents, the leaders, the dictators. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. What is the deep things of God? For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but Spirit who is 
from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to mere to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct them? But we have the mind of Christ. This is what wisdom means, is to have the mind of Christ. It's only reserved for those who, number one, love Jesus Christ and who has a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you love Christ and you have a relationship with him, then you will have the mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? That's godly wisdom. That's the mind of Christ. That's generous wisdom that we're talking about here. But going to chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. The question is, where are we right now? Do you truly carry the wisdom that is given by God, that is freely given to us? It's a generous wisdom that is given by God. Do we carry the wisdom of God or do we carry around our earthly wisdom, worldly wisdom? our status, our status quo, the education that we received, the street smart that we have, or do we truly know and have the wisdom of God in our hearts and in our mind? No person on earth is born wise. If you and I, we do not have Christ, we are not wise at all. We may be wise in the standard of this world, but we are not wise. The scripture says you are foolish in the eyes of God if you do not have wisdom from God, if you do not have a relationship with God. Therefore, every day we must ask and we must pursue wisdom every single day. Why? Because your citizenship is not of the American Constitution of the U.S., United States of America. Your your citizenship is not of another nation. All that is secondary. Our loyalty is The kingdom of God is heaven. Because you are a citizen of God, you must ask for this generous wisdom. Take a look at verse 5. James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, what does it say? You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Ask him. You lack it? Ask Simple as that, and it will be given to you generously, freely, all the more when you ask him for his wisdom. God, I need your wisdom today. I need your wisdom today. And it will fill you with your wisdom. You, have, you love Jesus Christ. You have a relationship with him. The Spirit of God will fill you with the wisdom, with godly wisdom. There are two types of wisdom again. Letter A, godly wisdom. A person who has godly wisdom We have eternity in mind. Like I said earlier, you are a citizen 
of heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. So you have eternity in your perspective every single day. You live today knowing that tomorrow may not come. You live today knowing that this day is the day that Lord has given me. And it's a blessing that God has given me. Who would have thought we would have lived until 2021? What a blessing it is to be alive today. Godly wisdom reminds us that your days are numbered. Your days are short, young people. You will not live forever. Therefore, focus on what is good and what is true. The eternity. Have eternity in mind. Our life is but a drop in the ocean. A teardrop in the vastness of the ocean. The ocean is the eternity. Your life is just but a mere drop in the ocean. Don't forget that your days are numbered. That's why it says in Proverbs 4, 6, Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Because when we die, that's all we have. The wisdom of God reminds us that life here is not everything. But it's all about the relationship and the eternity with Jesus Christ. Do not forsake, and she will protect. Love her, and she will watch over you. Psalm 119, verse 98 to 100, it says this. Your commands are always with me and might make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. To live in reverence to God is to live a holy life. And to live a holy life is to live with wisdom. Because 1 John 2, 15, 17 reminds us, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father but from the world. What does it say in 17? The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. How do you live forever? Eternity with Christ in heaven. Wisdom helps us understand, helps us to see what this life, what the purpose of this life is all about. All of his desires, all of his wisdom, all of his worldly desires will pass away. But whoever does the will of God will live forever. Do you have godly wisdom in you right now? Are you pursuing godly wisdom today? Let it be worldly wisdom. Real quick, what is worldly wisdom? 1 Corinthians 3.19, it says this. It says this foolishness. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. So we understand worldly wisdom is foolishness in God's eyes. Jeremiah 9, 23, 24 tells us, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise 
boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts, boast about this. If you want to boast about something, boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, to know God, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. What does God delight in? He delights in what? Kindness, justice, righteousness on earth. Everything else is foolishness. Is foolishness. Is garbage. Therefore, do not boast of your riches. It's good to be rich. But don't hold on to that. Do not boast of your status or your degrees. Your degrees and how book smart and how street smart you, smart you are. How many friends, how popular you are in social media. In order to become successful in the eyes of this world, you know how to play the game. To get to that place. To be promoted. And it's good to be promoted. But if that is your only focus in pursuing riches and fame in this world. By using worldly methods, your, your worldly status quo, your worldly wealth, then in the end, we might not find eternity in heaven with our Father. That is worldly wisdom. It hinders us. It caps us from growing. Philippians chapter 3, verse 4 to 8. If someone else thinks that there are reasons to confidence in the flesh i have more this is paul speaking he's being he's showing himself his status in the way that people knew who he was he's saying i have more he says i was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of israel of the tribe of benjamin a hebrew of hebrews in regards to the law a pharisee as for zeal persecuting the church as for righteousness based on the law faultless he's saying i am perfect in the eyes of the law but whatever were gains to me Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And that is what godly wisdom brings. I was once this, but now compared to the knowledge and the wisdom of Christ, it's nothing. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Godly wisdom versus worldly wisdom. Where do we stand? Where are we standing today? And I'm not saying it's bad to be street smart, book smart. Yes, all that is good. Having riches is good. Having things is good. To be able to bless others is good. But let your foundation be godly wisdom. Because if you don't, if you don't, you will fall very hard. You will fall hard. And by the time you know it, you will have lost it. The perfect example in the Bible, and I want us to pay attention I'm almost done in this point, and, and please, I'm really speaking to each one of you from my heart. I want you to take Solomon as an example. I don't have the scripture up there on the screen, 
but I'm, I'll give you the reference so you can read it when you go home if you want to. So the reference of Solomon is found in Second Chronicles chapter 1. And in verse 6 to 13, this is before Solomon, he begins. He is the son of David, right? Solomon, he's the one that built the temple. And he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, right? And he is a wise individual. And it says in this passage that in verse 7, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Right? God asked him, what do you want? What do you want, Solomon? And what did, the, what, what did Solomon, how did he respond? He said this, he says in verse 10, Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. Who is able to govern this great people of yours? And in response to that, God, he is pleased with Solomon's answer. He says, since this is your heart's desire and you ask for wisdom and have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. Just like the passage that we just read. Ask for those who lack wisdom. Ask God. He will give you generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to you. And I will give you what? Wealth, possessions, and honor such as no king who was before you ever had. And none of none after you will have. And Solomon was blessed and blessed he was. But you know Solomon, he went like this. And he fell hard, hard. Second reference to Solomon of his fall, his downfall, is found in 1 Kings chapter 11. For your reference, when you go home, in verse 1 through 6, 1 Kings 11, 1 through 6, this was the end and the legacy of Solomon. Well, not the legacy, because he did amazing things also, but it's sad what happens here. King Solomon is that he loved many foreign women. His weakness was women. Besides Pharaoh's daughters, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, they were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your heart after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon, he held fast unto them. He loved them, it says. And do you know how many wives he had? He had 700 wives of loyal birth, 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. In his end, Solomon says this, he grew old, and his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of Sidonians, Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David, his father, had done. To put it in perspective, it's like today, Ronnie, you are faithful, you serve Yahweh, Jesus Christ. And then in about 20 years, you have imagined 700 wives, 300 concubines. You're in Thailand. You're Buddhist now. You're doing shamanism. You're a Hindu. You're doing all that stuff. Imagine doing all that. 
Imagine your heart becoming that lost to the place where you turn to other gods. You forget the one king, Lord of Lord, Jesus Christ. So again, wisdom is just not a one-time thing, guys. Wisdom is something that you need to seek every single day. Because the moment we miss it, it will be a slippery slope and we will fall hard. And as Solomon, who was blessed in the beginning, who was given a promise that there will be no other king like him, it says, he grew old and his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as his father David had been. So the lesson is pursue God's wisdom every single day because it is generous wisdom. You want wisdom? Ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Point number three. Single-mindedness. Single-mindedness. We sang the song earlier, all of life comes down to just one thing. That's to know you, Lord Jesus, and to make you know. Single-minded, wholehearted, one thing I ask, one thing. You cannot be double-minded as a Christian. You can have a double-edged sword with the word of God, sharper than the double-edged sword. But as an individual, your goal and your focus is, should be single, one, one thing. And it is Jesus Christ, not double-minded, not wishy-washy, not back and forth, fickle, here today and tomorrow. Today, God, I love you. Tomorrow, no, I don't. This week, I cry during praise and I get touched. Next week, I don't. Everything is based on feeling. Single-mindedness is one thing that we must pursue every single day. Having a single-mindedness in Jesus Christ, something that we should pursue every single day. Pure joy. Generous wisdom. Single-mindedness. Verse 6 to 8 says this, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. You come to church today, I believe you. Next week, oh, I'm not sure, I believe you. You are unstable in everything that you do, in your faith with God, your foundation with God is all over the place. Today. I feel like I want to go to church. Today, I feel like I don't want to go to church. Today, I feel like, God, I want to pray to you. Tomorrow is another story. You are back and forth, back and forth. Today, I believe. Today, I doubt. I doubt today. Tomorrow, I have faith. We're back and forth, back and forth. Then don't expect anything from God. Why should God give you anything when you are unstable in your faith in him and you are double-minded? You're not even single-minded. Your focus and your foundation is not even Christ. And you wonder why you're in a place of a dark place. Because your focus, your main focus is not Christ. It's something else. And you are lost 
and you are a doubter. The doubter, letter A, is double-minded. Letter B, no help. The faithful will believe. The faithful will not doubt. Let's do it again. The doubter is double-minded. No help. The faithful in contrast will believe and the faithful will not doubt. When I say double-minded, I'm talking about unstable in all that he or she does. You are here today and you are there tomorrow. You are not consistent. You're a doubter. No help means you'll receive no help. Do not expect to receive anything from God. You doubter. You'll receive no help. It says in verse 7, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. If, like, you had to go and diffuse, like, a like something like dangerous and is about to blow, like would you send someone like you and like this is unstable? You'll send someone with steady hands, and who has steady hands? Right, you have steady. Oh, Tony, but Tony will put. She'll, she'll have steady hands, but she'll she'll cut the wrong wire, and then <laughs> so like Tony, remember red, a green. Why should God give us anything if we're unstable? Why should he trust us with anything if we're double-minded? Back and forth, back and forth. Why should he give us any blessing if we're not able to handle the blessing that he gives when you will turn it into trash? The doubter, double-minded, no help. The faithful will believe and will not doubt, and will receive. You will receive everything opposite from A and B. You are stable, and because you will remain steadfast, you will be given the blessing. Sometimes God gives blessing for those who don't deserve it. But the question is, will we remain? The question is, will you persevere? Will you persevere to the end? Everyone starts off well, but not everyone will finish well. Will you finish well? Will you finish well? Rejoice. Rejoice. If you rejoice in God today, you'll find pure joy. You'll find generous wisdom. You'll find a heart that is single-minded, an individual that is single-minded, wholehearted for God who pursues after him. So I pray that in this new year, that as wherever we go today, whether we go to work, whether we go to our home and spend time with family and have a day of rest, whether we have time of fellowship, that we will find joy and rejoice in God and our worship. I pray that as a priest, when you're up here, that you will not be 
just nervous, but you'll find joy and rejoice in the fact that God has chosen you to worship him. What a great honor and privilege to be chosen by God to do the work that God has called us to do. It could be in any ministry, welcoming ministry, food ministry, finance ministry, in everything you do, rejoice, rejoice. What does it say again in 1 Thessalonians 5? Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The definition of rejoice is to feel joyful, to be delighted, to be joyful about something or someone, to be filled with joy is to, be, to have a cheerfulness, the gladness of the heart. If your heart is glad, then it will show in the overflow of our expressions. Amen? So with that, uh, let's end today's service. Uh, because of time, uh, I know that Antonia, you got to get going soon. But let's just uh, have the praise team come up real quick. And real quick, can we just sing um, the bridge and the verse of one thing? And can we all stand to our feet? And as today is the first day of January 2021, can we just worship him? Uh, worship him with everything that we have. And remember to rejoice in him. And that one thing is the most important, is to know Christ and to be known by him and to have a relationship with him. If you have that, you have everything in this world that this world can offer. And for you have life for all of eternity. Let's sing together.
and for reminding us today just how faithful and amazing you are thank you for calling us and reminding us to rejoice in you that God in you God that in everything that is found in Christ that God that there is pure joy there is pure joy there is generous wisdom and God and you have called us to be single-minded that is found in Christ so God I pray right now for our hearts and at this moment that God, that as we're embarking in this new journey of this new year, that our hearts will be devoted to you. And God, our hearts will be committed to you. And God, in everything that we do, that we will honor you in our workplace, in our family. Wherever, God, you have called us, we will be faithful. And faithful we will be. And we'll continue to be steadfast, not just in the year 2020, but in the year 2021. We'll continue on being steadfast that is found in Christ that is grounded in the relationship that is found in Christ. God, we love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, I pray. And God's people pray. Amen, amen. and amen. amen.